This is an existential threat to humanity. And what this election must be about is whether or not we're going to vote for candidates who are prepared to stand up for working people, stand up for the planets, and have the courage to take on the billionaire class who dominates our economy and our political life. That's what this election is about. The Republican Party is not there. We need more progressive Democrats who are going to fight for workers. Thank you, Bernie. Well said. I agree. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. I got the feeling that something ain't right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yep. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in L.A., 98.7 in Santa Barbara, 93.7 in San Diego, 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake. Also in California, in Red Bluff and Redding on KFOI, Round Mountains, KKRN, and Eureka's KGOE. Up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO, Eugene's KEPW. Lancaster, Pennsylvania's WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU, Columbus, Ohio's WGRN, in Palinville, New York, on WLPP, Rochester, New York's WRFZ, down in New Orleans on WHIV, out in Gallup, New Mexico, on KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ, in Seattle, on KODX, Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM950, KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe every day on the Internet on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, No Lies Radio, Burden Square Radio, Detour Talk, and most of your favorite podcast sites. Blanketing planet Earth five days a week, I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow... Says me from bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us today for the Bradcast, your trusted source for making sense of this mangled nation and burning world. Desi Doyen, what's what's the old uh, saying about uh, you? You can't uh, 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 a man can't change his mind. Never about... expect a man yeah. to yeah. understand something when go. his paycheck depends on him not understanding it. That's Upton Sinclair who said that. Thank you very much. Well said, Desi Doyen. And uh, you know, I was thinking of that. I was listening to the show on the air before me here, and you know, I was thinking about Joe Manchin and the fact that boy, he sounds like a reasonable guy, Joe Manchin. If you talk to him, he's more than happy to talk to you about his his reasonings for why he does the things that he does, this Joe Manchin. But he is entirely corrupted. Why? How do you know? Well, all you got to do is look who pays him. His family makes millions of dollars from the coal industry. He makes millions of dollars for his campaign from the fossil fuel industry. So never mind what he says. Look what he actually does based on who is actually paying him. So when you hear people on the radio, for example, if you hear me on the radio and you wonder, well, who is paying him? Well, I will tell you who is paying me. You are. The listeners are. We take donations at bradblog.com. Other than that, nobody pays me. KPFK doesn't pay me. None of the stations I'm on, they don't pay. I am speaking for myself 
And, of course, I guess the listeners who uh, donate at bradblog.com and who call in and hold me accountable. If you hear other people on the radio and you wonder what they're saying and they sure sound reasonable, ask yourself who is paying them. Ask yourself, are they being paid? For example... If they're giving you propaganda that sounds exactly like the propaganda you might get from, I don't know, Russia, the Kremlin, well, are they being paid to go on the air two hours a week, five days a week, two, two hours a day, five days a week, uh, and they just coincidentally happen to be uh, giving you uh, propaganda that sounds very much like Russia? Are they being paid by a Russian state-owned media outlet for two hours a day? Five days a week? Yeah, that might explain why they say what they say, no matter how well they say it. Anyway, welcome to the broadcast. I will, I will open the phone lines again uh, today a little bit, as I like to do near the beginning of each week, at 818-985-5735 to discuss really just about anything you would like to. But before we get there, uh, I've got a few things to say for a change. And yes, part of it will have to do with Joe Manchin, I suspect. Let's start here. As daily as a Daily Coast diarist named Pakalolo observed on Sunday, in the U.S. there is not one GOP contender for the 2024 presidential race that even believes in climate change, let alone intends to act on it. The diarist goes on to add optimistically, uh, perhaps that will begin to change after this week and this summer. But I'm not holding my breath. Record heat waves are now sweeping the globe. They were not expected this soon, the diarist notes. Instead, climate projections had had them occurring in the future decades. But regarding global heating, the diarist notes, we should expect the unexpected. We should also expect it all to come a lot earlier than was predicted. China's financial hub, Shanghai, with a population of 25 million, recently issued its third code red heat emergency for the summer. Ninety other cities in China have done the same. The declaration halts all construction and all other outside work except for coronavirus workers in hazmat suits with popsicles literally tied to them to keep them cool and citizens waiting in scorching lines to be tested. Because, yes, um, the coronavirus uh, continues to get worse as well as the BA5 variant sweeps the globe and will perhaps before the end of this month here in uh, Los Angeles County result in the restoration of indoor mask mandates. Had you heard about that? Well, have you been boosted lately? Anyway, I digress. So many disasters, so little airtime devoted to actually informing the electorate about what is actually happening in our world. As the New York Times noted last week, as dozens of cities in eastern and southern China issued heat alerts with some temperatures forecast exceeding 104 degrees, roofs melted, roads cracked and buckled, and some residents sought relief in underground air raid shelters. Well, that sounds downright apocalyptic, doesn't it? The heat wave there is for, uh, forecast to persist for at least two weeks. The scorching heat reflects a global trend of increasing, increasingly frequent episodes of extreme weather driven by climate change. In June, weeks of heat plagued northern China at the same time that floods displaced millions of people in the central and southwestern parts of that country. We didn't hear a lot about that in this country. 
A museum in Chongqing displaying imperial relics from the Palace Museum closed for repairs after sections of its tiled roof melted, literally melted. In a town in southern Jiangxi province, state TV showed a heat-damaged section of road that arched up at least six inches, according to Reuters. Mortality related to excess heat has risen by chi- in China by a factor of four. A factor of four between 1990 and 2019, reaching 26,800 deaths in 2019, according to a study published by The Lancet in 2020. The rising temperatures have also increased the risks of wildfires and encouraged the spread of dengue fever in the country, according to this study. See comment above about downright apocalyptic. Well, China has nearly one billion suffering from extreme heat and humidity this week. The much smaller populations of Spain and Portugal, as we reported on our previous Green News report last week. I think that was the last one we did of the week, was it not? Does he yes, it was. Well, uh, Spain and Portugal is facing a deadly heat-related crisis, as we noted, but it seems to have gotten considerably worse than when we discussed it just a few days ago, when only a few hundred had been killed from heat-related deaths. That heat wave that has seared much of the Iberian Peninsula since last week has now killed at least 1,000 people in Portugal and Spain. The majority of these deaths have occurred in Portugal, uh, Portugal, where 659 deaths were recorded last week. According to the Directorate General for Health there, at least 368 deaths occurred in neighboring Spain in the same time period. And it's also just important to point out that these are not excess mortality deaths. These are directly related to the heat wave. They were caused by the heat wave. Correct. Because there just is not that much air conditioning there in these cities. And here's how the way this has come about. On July 10, the first day of the heat wave, 15 heat-related deaths were recorded in one day in Spain. Since then, the number of daily deaths each and every day has increased across both Spain and Portugal as the temperature surpassed 100 degrees Fahrenheit. And as Desi says, not as many people there have air conditioning as we do here. And it's been 100 degrees Fahrenheit daily. Temperatures hit 108 degrees Fahrenheit. That's, 40, that's over 42 degrees Celsius for those of you following along outside the U.S. last Thursday at the airport in Madrid. But Pinhao, Portugal hit 116.6 degrees Fahrenheit, that's 47 degrees Celsius, last Thursday, breaking the record for the highest temperature ever recorded in the country in July. On Sunday, the city of Bilbao, located in northern Spain, tied the all-time record of 108 degrees Fahrenheit. The heat wave is expected to expand now across Europe through this week and potentially through the end of the month for some areas. The severity of the heat could rival the 2003 heat wave when over 30,000 people lost their lives across Europe, both directly and indirectly due to the heat, according to AccuWeather meteorologist Tyler Royce. July, all-time records are at risk of being approached, tied, or even broken across Ireland and the U.K., said Royce. On Friday, the U.K. Met Office issued its first-ever red extreme heat warning for Monday and Tuesday. Yes, they're now having red extreme heat warnings in Europe and in Ireland, in the U.K., 
when the, quote, exceptional hot spell is expected to take hold and bring widespread impacts on people and infrastructure. Officials say that during the first ever uh, first ever used national heat wave emergency, quote, illness and death may occur among the fit and healthy, not just the high risk groups. A new all-time record high could be set in the U.K. during the peak of this unprecedented heat in the next few days. In Paris, temperatures early this week could come within a degree or two of 104. Sure, we live out here in Southern California. Uh, We've had temperatures that are over 100. Well, 104 in Paris As of Saturday, more than 12,000 people have now been evacuated in southwest France due to fires there and in Spain and in Portugal. Temperatures more common for Death Valley, California, touted as one of the hottest places on Earth, will be possible in eastern Portugal and western and southern Spain during the height of this hot spell. Death Valley temperatures in Portugal and in Spain. Anyone paying attention? Adding further strain to residents and visitors amid the uh, heat is that air condition is not uh, used as widely in Europe as it is in the U.S. So that means they're looking for buildings to cool down in. An initiative in Italy dubbed Operation Thermostat states that air conditioners cannot be set lower than 81 degrees Fahrenheit or 27 degrees Celsius in an effort to conserve energy. That, according to Politico, Residents or businesses that do not comply with this new law could be fined as much as $3,000. And the part where it really gets gets really deadly, according to meteorologist Tony Zartman, quote, many places will not have temperature drops, temperatures uh, drop off very much at night, he said. Elevated temperatures at night prevent the body from recovering from the stress of the daytime heat. Without the recovery, the risk for heat stroke becomes much greater. Something, Desiree, I know that you have warned about. It's, it's not just the heat. It's the continued heat that doesn't cool down overnight. It's the overnight uh, record yeah, lows, the, the, high so, so record the over, lows. The overnight lows, yeah. yes, globally, overnight lows, temperatures are increasing. So the baseline that uh, from which these temperatures are being recorded is elevated because of global warming. So now your overnight average is low, is, is much higher than it used to be. And during these heat waves, as that uh, meteorologist mentioned, mm-hmm. the body does not have the opportunity to cool down, and that's when it becomes exceedingly dangerous, and that's where you see a lot of these excess uh, heat deaths come from. And uh, it should be known that long-term heat waves like this are very uncommon in Europe. This is not normal. This is not normal by a long shot. The extended hot spell could also impact local economies, including agriculture. AccuWeather's Roy says that the soil across Portugal to Germany is right now in the process of quickly losing whatever moisture it contained. This drying is not expected, he says, to let up but only intensify during the duration of the heat wave as little to no precipitation is expected across much of the reason. The ramifications of this may not fully be realized until the autumn harvest. That, as Russia's horrific war on Ukraine is already threatening the world's food supply. As noted, so many disasters, so little airtime devoted to actually informing the electorate about what is actually happening in the world and why. Also, as noted, apocalyptic. 
Back home here in the States, things are not much better on this front. AccuWeather warns there are no signs of Mother Nature throttling back on the heat anytime soon across the interior west and the high plains. In fact, AccuWeather meteorologists warn that the most sizzling conditions yet this summer season are expected to build even more in the coming week, putting dozens of record highs in jeopardy as temperatures soar past the century mark. That's the 100-degree mark. Unrelenting days of extreme temperatures are likely to put a significant strain not only on residents, but also on livestock, crops, and the power grid. Rolling blackouts have already been ongoing problems in Texas. We talked a little bit about that on last Friday's broadcast, where the grid has been privatized and remains largely unregulated because Republicans, who have long pretended that climate change isn't a thing, well, they refuse to take measures to keep Texans alive and well during both heat waves and cold snaps alike. Hate to cut into profits of the power companies, of course. The blackouts come after weeks of searing heat in Desi's old home state, in heavily populated areas, including the Houston area, during an on-air TV broadcast when the lights went out during the live broadcast of the weather report. Ironically enough, twice. You have this kind of heat over major populations. You get a big draw on that electric demand. It looks like we may have just switched over to generator power. Our lights just went out. 104 in Huntsville. It is excessive heat in College Station. We're expecting high temperatures tomorrow west of Houston to get back above 100. It <laughs> did it again. <laughs> All right. So our lights just went out. But I learned last time I'm still on live TV. So uh, there's the forecast. Our lights always go first, and then we see uh, them cycle back on once we get our generator kicking back in here. But triple-digit heat out to the west. Thank you. Let there be light. And there was light. Is the AC on, Melanie? That's the, that's the important thing right there. That was while he was on air, while he was on air warning about rolling blackouts. They had one in the studio as he was on air, as he was warning about it. On uh, that was a live TV, Houston's KTRK, uh, as the backup generators quick uh, kicked in quickly thereafter. Forecasters say that the next wave of dangerously hot weather is set to build this week in the U.S. Temperatures could reach their highest levels of the year so far, from Rapid City, South Dakota to Wichita, Kansas, as well as Oklahoma City and Dallas and everywhere in between. AccuWeather meteorologist Joseph Bauer said with temperatures in the region already running well above average, the addition of high pressure moving in will only act to increase temperatures further. Triple-digit heat is expected to swelter a swath from South Dakota to Texas. High temperatures in the mid, uh, mid to upper 100s are expected to be widespread from western Kansas and west Texas through Oklahoma into southwestern Missouri, my old hometown, and northwestern Arkansas. A small pocket of temperatures eclipsing the 110-degree mark is possible in parts of northwestern Texas, western and central Oklahoma, and southern Kansas. Given the risk of increased power outages among the unrelenting heat, it will be important, uh, AccuWeather notes, uh, for residents, for any residents who find themselves in the dark because of the power outages, to spend time at public cooling centers. Agriculture interests can also be neg negatively impacted here in the U.S. because of all of this. 
Bauer says dry weather is forecast through much of the week, and with drought conditions already in place, the heat will put further stress stress on the crops in the region. As I said, disaster after disaster after disaster, apocalyptic. And we're just getting started. As that Daily Coast diarist I started this segment with concluded, we are in a planetary climate emergency. Extreme temperatures in South America have killed over one million between 2002 and 2015. There is no reason to think that the toll will be any less in other parts of the world. That, of course, is now true even if we succeed in somehow taking drastic climate action which we are decidedly not taking, despite repeated efforts of the Biden administration and almost every single Democrat in Congress and zero Republicans. Zero. Those trying to act on this worsening disaster have been stopped by Republicans and their corrupted minions at the Supreme Court, in Congress, at virtually every turn of late. Great timing. As their last destructive act of this past term, the Supreme Court made up a pretend new doctrine. They called it the Major Questions Doctrine in order to prevent the Environmental Protection Agency from following the specific mandate of Congress and the court's own previous findings to pretend that the environment uh, that uh, that that protecting the environment by regulating carbon and other greenhouse gases the burning of which is causing all of these disasters and our ongoing crisis, uh, that, you know, well, they didn't declare that at all earlier. They didn't find already that Congress, yes, had told the EPA to protect the environment by regulating carbon. Now, it's a major question. It's a, there's just too much doubt about it. There's too much debate. We don't know what to think. Should the expert scientists at the EPA be allowed to follow the mandates of Congress to regulate deadly pollution? Or should it be left up to the non-experts and climate change denialists who actually serve in Congress? Should it be up to them to specifically draw up a plan to reduce emissions at power plants around the nation? Well, the Supreme Court decided anything like that must now be left up to the non-experts and the climate deniers. And remember, this was for a regulation that wasn't even in existence yet. Correct. It was before Joe Biden, before his EPA was even allowed to draw up their own regulations. Yes, this was the Supreme Court putting in a preemptive block on any attempt to regulate emissions from power plants. Even though it is mandated that by Congress... In the Clean Air Act that the EPA do this, of course, you can ignore that if you are a corrupt right wing activist on the U.S. Supreme Court who wants to legislate from the bench instead of enforcing the literal laws of the land as the text of those laws actually directs. Justice Elena Kagan writing uh, on behalf of the court's three liberals in dissent, liberals who, by the way, are far more conservative than the pretend so-called textualist conservatives in the corrupted far-right packed Republican extremist majority. Kagan wrote, quote, the current court is textualist only when being so suits it. She fumed when that method would frustrate broader goals, special canons like the quote, major questions doctrine magically appear as get out of text free cards. 
And then there is Congress, where every single Democrat in both the House and the Senate voted to adopt the most sweeping and progressive climate and energy policies ever in this country as part of Joe Biden's landmark $2 trillion Build Back Better bill that would have expanded health care and child care, education, lowered prescription drug prices, raised taxes on the wealthy and corporations, and much more. Well, not every single Democrat. In fact, the bill was blocked in its tract and killed dead by just two of them, two corrupt Democrats in the U.S. Senate, Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema, and all 50 Republicans who voted against it at the end of last year. But don't worry, Joe Manchin, the corrupt senator from the coal state of West Virginia, remember, just look at who pays his salary the corrupt senator from the coal state of West Virginia whose family makes millions from the coal industry and whose campaign coffers receive millions from the fossil fuel industry. So, of course, he votes this way. He claimed he really, 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 really wanted to adopt a slimmed-down version of the Build Back Better bill. Two trillion, that was just too much money, but maybe one trillion. And he really, really wanted to include some environmental provisions in this trimmed-down bill. At least that's what Joe Manchin and the corporate media had been pretending for months that, oh, the, you know, he, he doesn't want a lot of that spending on, you know, things like health care and elder care and so forth. But when it comes to the environment, Joe Manchin, he, he would really like to get in something on that. And of course, as we told you on this program for months and months and months, there was no way, no way that Joe Manchin would ever allow any actual climate provisions to pass into law that might actually reduce carbon emissions from the burning of fossil fuels. And last week, of course, after months of pretend negotiations on this smaller trimmed down bill, pretend negotiations with his fellow Democrats, Joe Manchin delighted his Republican donors and paymasters from the fossil fuel industry by pulling the old football away from Charlie Brown once again at the last second, declaring he just couldn't at the last minute. He just could not support the environmental provisions in the slimmed down bill or raising taxes on the wealthy because inflation or something. Yeah, because of inflation. Let's wait and see how the numbers are next month to decide if we can save the frickin planet. Senator Bernie Sanders on Sunday blasted Joe Manchin for what he called, quote, sabotaging President Joe Biden's agenda by rejecting Democrats' vastly trimmed down party line spending bill last week, trimmed down only to win the vote of Joe Manchin. Before he then torpedoed the deal that was carefully negotiated with the Democratic caucus, Sanders railed on ABC this week on Sunday that... Joe Manchin has sabotaged the president's agenda. Senator Joe Manchin, of course, abruptly pulled the plug this week on the Democratic. No, Martha, he didn't abruptly. Martha, okay, he abruptly on Friday. He didn't abruptly do anything. He was sabotaging the president's agenda. No. Uh, Look, if you check the record six months ago, I made it clear that you have people like Manchin, cinema, cinema to a lesser degree, who are intentionally sabotaging the president's agenda, what the American people want, what a majority of us in the Democratic caucus want. Nothing new about this. And the problem was that we continue to talk to Manchin like he was serious. He was not. This is a guy who is 
a major recipient of fossil fuel money, a guy who has received campaign contributions from 25 Republican billionaires. You ask the people of West Virginia whether they want to expand Medicare to cover dental, hearing, and eyeglasses. You ask the people of West Virginia whether we should demand that the wealthiest people in large corporations start paying their fair share of taxes. Ask the people of West Virginia whether or not all people should have health care as a human right like in every other country on earth. That's what they will say. In my humble opinion, you know, Manchin represents the very wealthiest people in this country, not working families in West Virginia or America. Correct, Bernie. He represents the very wealthiest. He is paid by the fossil fuel industry. If you wonder why someone like Joe Manchin says what he says, if you wonder why he sounds so reasonable, he sounds like he means it. He sounds like he's really concerned about inflation. Well, look who pays his salary. That's all you need to know. Bernie went on to highlight the existential threat of climate change and the need to elect more progressive Democrats this year in November to make corrupt so-called Democrats like Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema irrelevant. If these provisions don't get passed, doesn't look like they will. What does that mean for Democrats' climate goals and the climate itself? Martha, it ain't Democrats. It isn't the president. It is the future of the planet. So when Manchin sabotages climate change, this is for future generations. What's going on right now in the West, all over the world, we're looking at significantly increased, more and more heat waves. You're going to look at more drought, more flooding. This is an existential threat to humanity. And what this election must be about is whether or not we're going to vote for candidates who are prepared to stand up for working people, stand up for the planets, and have the courage to take on the billionaire class who dominates our economy and our political life. That's what this election is about. The Republican Party is not there. We need more progressive Democrats who are going to fight for workers. You know, I've heard a lot of Bernie Sanders speeches. I've heard and watched a lot of Bernie Sanders speeches. He damn near sounded like he was in tears there talking about the climate. Well, can you blame him? I, well, no, I can't. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I just hope everyone else is paying attention. Yeah, I mean, this this is the third time in the past 30 years that conservatives and moderates in Congress have tanked any kind of climate legislation, both Republicans and Democrats. The third time in 30 years that this has been a problem that has been unable to be dr- pulled across the threshold because of the influence mm-hmm. of the fossil fuel industry, yes. campaign finance donations. Now, the good news is that this time, Sanders is not the only Democrat in the Senate now willing to speak out about Joe Manchin's corruption. And it's also good news, by the way, I think, that it's really down to just two wildly corrupt U.S. senators who are blocking everything from happening. I know that shouldn't be good news, but the fact that now it is only two... Uh, anyway, other Democrats are finally willing to speak on the record about Manchin's corruption. They had been holding their fire out of concern that, yeah, well, Manchin could walk not only from any deal completely. He could walk from the party. He could jump to the Republican Party today, tomorrow. And that would flip the Democrats' bare 50-50 majority in the Senate over the Republicans. It would put Mitch McConnell back in control of the upper chamber. He could do that at any moment, at any second, quite literally. But in the reactions uh, late last week to what uh, Manchin did this time, this time pulling the football uh, away from Charlie Brown, 
Manchin's colleagues, others of them, other than Bernie Sanders, also call him out by name. Tina Smith, the Democrat from Minnesota, Senator Tina Smith, uh, said it's infuriating and nothing short of tragic that Senator Manchin is walking away again from taking essential action on climate and clean energy. Senator Martin Heinrich, a Democrat of North of, of New Mexico, said Senator Manchin's refusal to act is infuriating. And yet, with all of this, I, I, I just, you know, I hope to have an expert on uh, climate and climate policy, uh, I think, on tomorrow's broadcast, if I'm not mistaken, uh, to discuss what, you know, if anything can actually be done, at least via executive actions by President Joe Biden, since he has been undermined yet again by Joe Manchin. Uh, President Biden has vowed to take such action for what it is now worth. So we'll talk about that, I I think, on tomorrow's uh, broadcast. And yet with all of this, I continue to hear from so-called progressives on the left, among whom I count myself, by the way, telling me that the, the problem that we really, really have to worry about is somehow corrupt the corrupt Democratic Party. What? Really? You think that's the top problem that we are now facing? And you're willing to stay home this November rather than turn out in record numbers to somehow hold on to the majority in the U.S. House and to add at least two Democratic senators to the Senate majority so the Democrats can get rid of or at least modify the undemocratic filibuster requiring 60 votes for almost everything that Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema refused to do away with in order to make sure that a climate bill can finally be passed in the U.S. Senate. It's already been passed in the House. So that Roe v. Wade can be codified into federal law, so that voting rights and election laws can be enacted to prevent the successful theft of the 2024 presidential election after Donald Trump tried but failed to steal the last one. And that all of this just may be All of this just maybe could be course corrected by expanding the U.S. Supreme Court, unpacking it to restore a majority that reflects the actual will and makeup of the American people. That's what needs to happen. Republicans and Joe Manchin and, yes, Kirsten Sinema are blocking every one of those things right now. And yet I continue to hear from my fellow progressives that Democrats are the problem Democrats are the ones we need to worry about in the next just over 100 days before the most critical midterm elections of our lifetimes. So, sure, we've got a ton of uh, primary elections before we get to the general and the more progressive candidates who can get nominated, the better. I'm all with you there. Uh, You know, throw out the corporate Dems if you can, but if you can't. This November, no matter who Democrat voter, Democratic voters elect as their nominees, surely you understand what is now at stake in November, right? Once again, happy to open up the phones to hear why I am wrong about all of this stuff, or if you wish, why I am right about all of this stuff. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. If you'd like to ring in on, on any of the issues above, let me know. If you wish, why this is not one disaster after another. Perhaps I'm seeing it all wrong. How how things are not verging on apocalyptic as we're talking about the dumbest stuff like, oh, blame Democrats for where we are. 
including on the climate crisis. Tell me. Give me a call. Please. I'll be nice. I'll be nice. Desi, I'll be nice. Uh, you know, why you're, why you're just fine with autocracy taking over that now threatens what is left of our teetering representative democracy. 818-985-5735. If you are li- in our uh, live Southern California listening area, or you're following along via the live stream, 818-985-KPFK. Otherwise, I'm happy to move on to the next crisis that we need to avert. There are too many of them. More hearings are set for later this week in the bipartisan U.S. House Select Committee's ongoing public hearings on Donald Trump's January 6th insurrection and his multiple attempts to steal the 2020 election. We'll try to hit some of that, if possible, in the next segment, unless you want to stop me. You can do that. You have the power right now. Give me a call at 818-985-5735 for whatever is on your mind today. Really? You know what's on my mind, at least a little. What's on yours? 818-985-KPFK. Take a quick break, and we'll we'll come back with your calls and more. I'm Brad Friedman, and this is The Bradcast. What the public hears on the public airwaves matters. At the Bradcast, we do our best to bring you accurate news and analysis on the issues that actually matter. And we do it all independently, without corporate or political influence. But we can't do it without you, now more than ever. Please help us stay on your public airwaves by going to bradblog.com slash donate to help keep us going. That's bradblog.com slash donate. And thanks. To the Bradcast, Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. I'd love to hear from you uh, on really, as I said, whatever is on your mind. You know what's on my mind uh, after that rant and after the the globe is just on fire and we are sitting around pretending like it's just, oh, it doesn't mean anything. It's meaningless. We'll get to it eventually. 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK. And, oh, we'll blame the Democrats. Boy, are the Democrats in trouble. They're going to get thrown out of office this uh, this November. They're going to get thrown out of uh, their majorities in the House and the Senate. And guess what? Maybe they will. Why? I don't know. You tell me. Inflation? Really? That's the Democrats' fault? 818-985-KPFK. Let's go to John in Sun Valley. Hey, John, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Hey, Brad and everyone. Uh, You know, you're talking about the Democrats versus the Republicans again. Mm -hmm. It's a two-party system, I'm told by Tom Hartman, that we live in. Um, well, it's so not. We it's not. It, it's not necessarily, uh, John. 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 Huh? John. It, 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 it's not necessarily a two-party system. If you want, you can, you know, you can get uh, Greens in there, Libertarians in there, Independents in there during the primaries. You can uh, go vote for them yeah. if you want. Well, you know, I mean, Bernie Sanders chose to uh, uh, go with the Democrats, and you know, he didn't quite make it a number of times. Uh, but what I'm getting at is this. Mm-hmm. The reason why people are pissed off, pardon my French, at the Democrats is because they're supposed to be the left wing of this place, and the Republicans are supposed to be the right wing. Mm -hmm. Okay? Well, I'm a left winger, and I, how would I say it? I'm disappointed with the Democrats for not being left wing. Really? Period. 
Really? Okay. Now, look, can I ask you a question? John, do you mind? John? John? No, 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 no. Don't hey, hey, hey me, John. This is my show, and we're going to have a conversation here. Uh, did you find that the uh, massive expansion of health care, Medicare, Medicaid, education, elder care, child care, uh, climate initiatives for $2 trillion, they actually wanted it to be uh, closer to $3 trillion, but they bargained it down to $2 trillion because of Joe Manchin. Did you find uh, that those provisions were not uh, on the left? The, the left is caving in too much to the right, and therefore it is it is impotent and it is useless. John, let me know what, what, was, the, the what was what was what was I, I I guess I guess hang on a second. We're going to talk back and forth here, John. Let me know uh, what was it in the Build Back Better bill that you felt was a cave to the right because no, it was no, no, the no, most. No, yeah. No. 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 It, no. it wasn't passed. It hasn't happened. Okay. The, 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 at the bottom line, it hasn't happened. Right. Why? Now. Why? Because the Democrats, as they are currently are impotent okay (laughs) now i'm all for getting rid of the republicans and letting the democrats be the right the right-wing party of this country be the right-wing party of this country okay yeah yeah, sure okay it's all All relative don't 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 be don't put your feet in concrete okay okay I, I'm willing to vote for the Repub- the Democrats all the way this time to get rid of these Dem- these Republicans. But I want to see some left wing action in this country, and not just a bunch of capitulators that the Democrats. So again, John, I'm asking you, what was too right wing for you in the Build Back Better bill? Uh, the, it was right wing because it didn't. Go. It didn't pass. <laughs> okay. okay. That's, you, you not, need, that's no, not how this works, you John. Think, you may think that's simple and, <laughs> and, uh, and, and obtuse. Okay. However, yeah. if somebody had some guts, mm-hmm. okay, to get it to either pass or to get Manchin over onto his Republican side mm-hmm. the way he wanted to be, the way he should be. Mm-hmm. It would have been fair and above board. How how could they have how could they have passed John? Okay, we're turning you down again because it's conversation. John, how how could they have passed this bill, which was going to pass under special rules in the Senate that allows the the Democrats reconciliation rules that allows them to pass it with a bare majority? That's fifty votes plus fifty one, uh, because the vice president of the Senate is Kamala Harris. That would give them fifty one votes. If Joe Manchin, if they pushed him over to the Republican side, Republicans would take the majority in the Senate, there would be no way to pass the Build Back Better bill, which I'm pretty well convinced you didn't read even the summary of. Am I right, John? You know what? You're right. I didn't even read the summary. Yeah. That's what I thought. And that's okay. No, I, and I don't mind. I'll tell you something. And I don't... All right. All right, we're we're done with that, John. Thank you, though. 818-985-5735 is my phone number. 818-985-KPFK. Look, you don't have to agree with me on anything at all. I'm happy to hear from you, uh, you know, whether you agree with me or not. But don't come in here and tell me that the Democrats are not uh, far enough to the left when you have no idea what the bill was that they were trying to pass. When you have no familiarity with Build Back Better, the easily the most progressive landmark legislation uh, social safety net, uh, climate change, everything else, easily the uh, most progressive bill since the uh, FDR era, period.
And the same was true, by the way, with the Freedom to Act uh, bill, which Joe Manchin and uh, Freedom to Vote bill, uh, which uh, Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema also tanked because they refused to change, to reform the uh, the filibuster. If you want to complain they're not far enough to the left, I'm with you. There's all kinds of things where I would like to see them move farther to the left. But it doesn't count to say, oh, they're not far enough to the left because uh, Joe Manchin, they didn't push him to become a Republican. Did you even understand what John was talking about, Des? Yeah, I think I think if I understood it correctly, mm-hmm. that, that he was basically saying because the Democrats didn't have the numbers to pass uh, through reconciliation with the a simple majority. The most progressive bill the in The most progressive decades, bill yes. ever presented, the most <laughs> yes. meaningful climate bill ever presented in Congress in U.S. history, that because they didn't pass it because of Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema, leaving them with only a 48-seat majority, which is, of course, a minority, that that somehow makes it right-wing and that they've caved. But, but, you know, it, but we both know that that's not the mechanics of how the Senate actually works. No. I mean, you have to have it's, 60 votes to pass anything, and it's only because of budget reconciliation that they can pass with a simple majority. Well, and, but if you only got 48 senators, you can't pass anything. Correct. And so what you would have to do then is to elect more climate hawks, for example, to mm-hmm. the U.S. Senate in order to get above and to make irrelevant uh, Manchin and Cinema, yeah. And, of course, the rest of the Republicans who are also blocking all of these things and who get a pass for some reason. And this just in, by the way, from The New York Times four minutes ago uh, comes in on my phone. Senator Joe Manchin reversed course and expressed misgivings about a global tax agreement saying it would put U.S. companies at a disadvantage. So he had previously agreed it was something like a global minimum tax of 15 percent. He has pretended, along with pretending that he wants to uh, pass environmental legislation, he also wants to tax the wealthy because they're not paying their fair share. And, and he's backtracked now on all he of has that. backtracked yet again. And see, now that's a global minimum tax. So it would not in any way whatsoever disadvantage any U.S. based corporation because it would be a global minimum tax. But he is making stuff up. And that's the point. When we hear from folks like John, and again, John, thank you very much for calling in. But uh, when we hear from folks that, oh, uh, Democrats aren't left enough, something, something, something without actually apparently understanding what is actually going on and just how progressive some of the legislation has been that, yes, they have failed to pass by and large or completely because of guys like Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema, two Democrats. Meanwhile, every Democrat in the U.S. House passed the Build Back Better bill and all of these other things, uh, protections for Roe v. Wade, the Freedom to Vote Act, all the rest. Oh, Marcy, every every dem- every Democrat in the Senate voted for all of those things, except for those two Democrats and 50 Republicans. But somehow let's punish the Democrats. 818-985-KPFK. Let me take a quick break. Oh, now everyone's calling in. Uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back with the more of your calls. 818-985-5735. I'm Brad Friedman and you are listening to the Bradcast. Nice going. Hi, this is Brad. My thanks to those who stopped by bradblog.com slash donate to sign up for a subscription to the Bradcast of any amount you like. We rely on you to stay on your public airwaves. Please grab a subscription at bradblog.com slash donate. Thank you. 
Welcome back. It's the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Let's get right back to the phones in the few minutes we have left. Uh, Lynette in Los Angeles, welcome to the Bradcast. Hey, Brad. Hey, Lynette. Thanks. Thanks. Great show. Thank you. You know, we can't wait for the next election cycle. You know, we're going to have to just, you know, get that Supreme Court in order. You know what I'm saying? I've been saying this. No, I don't know what you're saying. What are you saying? I'm just saying we need, you know, uh, to get rid of Clarence Thomas. Uh Uh-huh. He and his wife. They've been doing some wrong doing what they found their foundation. Yeah. Yeah. How do we get rid of them though, Lynette? Well, I'm just saying he had to be this far, like right yesterday, and him and his wife need to be up under the jail. Yeah. Okay, and the clean house. We yeah. really that is that is a rogue court that yeah. we have called yeah. Supreme Court it does not represent yep. the, the people at all. Yep, you're right, Lynette. But here's the deal: wait for the election time because these people are are uh, after this uh, judges. They accused the Democrats of this for years. Yep, and. They feel like they have a mandate to do whatever they want to do, you know, regardless. So, yeah. like, well, let me re- let me respond to that, Lynette, because here's the deal. Uh, yeah, well, it, it can't wait another re- election cycle. I hear you. The next election cycle is, is about 100 days is the next election. That said, short of that, the only way to get rid of uh, Supreme Court uh, justice is through impeachment and to impeach Clarence Thomas, which, by the way, I think we should do anyway. But you can impeach Clarence Thomas, put him on trial in the in the Senate. But you then have to get two thirds of the Senate to remove him. And if you think any Republican is going to vote to remove Clarence Thomas, no matter how corrupt he is and allow Joe Biden to replace him with a non-corrupt Democratic appointee. Good luck with that, Lynette. The only chance we have is to expand the court and to add people to it. And we can only do that if we get enough senators, uh, Democratic senators in November in order to change the filibuster to make exactly that happen. Bill Biden, President Biden can do that. He, he needs to do the Obama thing. You know, just do some executive orders. Hey, it's time to do what... what uh, <laughs> I hear you, Lynette, but we can't do that by executive order. It's got to be an act well, of Congress. Let me say, Mitch McConnell made a way to stack up the court, and so did Donald Trump. He got all these active judges, uh, Donald Trump, so we got to do something because we can't wait. I, I hear you, but here's what I'm telling you. We can't wait. The only path for this is get enough Democrats in the Senate this November that they will be and force them, push them to change the filibuster in order to expand the uh, Supreme Court. Right. We got to stack it like like Miss does. All right. Thanks, Lynette. I appreciate the call. Always good to hear from you. 818-985-KPFK. Let me go to uh, who, who do I have here? Let me go to um, uh, Mike in L.A. Hey, Mike, welcome to the broadcast. Hey, uh, yeah, I think Lynette's on the right track, but uh, if we do get a workable Senate majority, the cleanup or rescue legislation they pass should include language to the effect that we are not going to permit this legislation to be subject to re- judicial review. Mm-hmm. The clowns in the Supremes, uh, whom I call the uh, medieval times, are not even trying to pretend to observe judicial parsimony or precedent. I couldn't agree with you more, Mike. Thanks for that call. Thanks for that idea. You're right on the money. And that's why I am so passionate about saying, look, if you want to criticize Democrats, feel free, but know what the hell you're talking about. Know what the hell the stakes are. That's all I'm asking. 
818-985-KPFK. Casey in uh, Norwalk. Wait, do I have the right? Yeah, there we go. Casey in Norwalk. Uh, oh, Casey, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Oh, Casey, are you there? Is that our friend Casey? No? Yes? No? All right. Uh, hang on, Casey. Uh, 818-985-KPFK. Let me go to um, Alan. There we go. Alan, and we'll see if we have any better luck. Alan in Pasadena. Welcome to the broadcast, Alan. Yes. Hello, Brad. Shouldn't the Democrat par- Democratic Party be pouring money into West Virginia and Arizona for recall campaigns on these two? Recall? Well, I'm not sure that you actually can recall a U.S. senator. You might be able to do it under certain state laws. I don't know what the state laws are, but to recall uh, Joe Manchin in West Virginia is a pretty heavy lift. I think that Donald Trump won West Virginia in 2020 by some 30 points. So... Well, uh, yeah, I'm thinking that uh, if nothing else, there would be lots of publicity and we actually would get to hear voices from their constituents mm-hmm. on how they actually do feel yeah. about mansion and how they feel about cinema instead of um, there's there's a vagueness there. I yeah. don't think they represent their constituents. No, they don't. And you make a good point. And also uh, keep in mind, however, uh, if you. And this is these are some of the eggshells that Joe Biden and the Democrats have been walking on for the past year and a half in trying to deal with Joe Manchin. If you tick him off, if you decide to pour money into West Virginia, his home state, to try to topple him through a recall, if that is even possible, well, all he's got to do is announce, great, I'm uh, going with the Republicans tomorrow. I'm going to uh, flip to a Republican. That, that's exactly, by the way, what the West Virginia governor did. He was elected as a Democrat, and then the, pretty much the next day he became a Republican. If Joe Manchin does that, Mitch McConnell is in charge of the U.S. Senate, and there will be nothing passed by Democrats, and there will be no federal judges uh, passed by Democrats either. That's a concern, don't you think? Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. So good idea, though. Good thinking. Out of the box. Outside the box. That's what we have to keep doing. Thanks, Alan. I do appreciate that call. Uh, Let me go to – where am I here? Let me go to D in Culver City. Hey, D, welcome to the broadcast. What's on your mind? Hi. How are you? Okay. I I hear a lot of frustration from the callers, and I feel the same way Mm -hmm. as the gentleman who didn't word it as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the Democrats are really going to have to gather every damn little brain brain stem and every little parts of their brains to work (laughs) work out what what can uh, what can really overturn what's happening. I I think it was clear that Trump had no right to ram through uh, uh, um, the guy on the Supreme Court, or was it the woman? (laughs) I forgot. Yeah. Um, All three, all three of them, but Amy Coney Barrett, yeah. Right. And the Democrats, they did not fight enough for Obama. Obama was in office, and he didn't even get someone on the Supreme Court. It's disgusting. And um, and I, I see that— um, He actually got—just to, just to, just to correct you there, he actually got two people on the Supreme Court. Uh, no, I meant, I meant the last one that he was supposed Merrick to— Merrick Garland, correct, yeah. Yes, Garland. But right. but then I'm, I've heard that people are concerned about Garland not taking action against Trump, and I heard that— that he was maybe not the person, and, and that's an uncertainty. But when you have a country that is trying to roll us all backwards and, 
take the vote away from especially black Americans and, mm-hmm. you know, screw people all over the place. And, you, you know, through the South, there's been so many people dying when they didn't have to because they refused to, to better the medical care for lower income people and yeah. all. I, I think I think America is really screwing American people right now. And it's the leadership. But I also think that there's got to be some kind of changes in the Senate because we're not represented enough. Those yep. are, say, West Coast and East Coast and all millions and millions. And why is Joe Manchin like the king? I mean, <laughs> because because it because it's a fifty because D and I got to get out because we're almost at the end of the hour here. But the reason he's okay. the king is because it's a fifty-fifty Senate, which means the most uh, corrupt Republican-ish. Uh, members of Senate have an outside amount of power to control the entire body. It is maddening, but if you want to improve that situation, elect more Democrats. And I am not a Democrat, and it's not because I like Democrats, but I'm telling you, if you want change, that's right now the only path. D, I got to go. Thank you so much. Thanks, D. Uh, give us a call uh, next time. Do we have time? Well, it's always time for Morris in Long Beach. Hey, Mo, how are you, brother? I'm doing fantastic. Joe Biden's legacy. Joe Biden's legacy, I don't care what he does. His legacy, he beat Donald Trump. And I got a question for you, man. I'll take the answer off the air. If you're convicted of a crime, can you run for, for public office? If you're convicted of a federal crime... Can you run for public office? Can you run for federal office? I believe the answer is yes, you can. State laws may be different, but yes, I believe that you can, even from jail. Out. Does that send a shiver down your spine, Mo? Okay. I got to get out. Uh, my thanks to everyone, everyone who called in, including everyone who I couldn't get to today. My thanks to our engineer, Yout Orozco. Did it close enough? All right. Uh, producer Desi Doyne, and to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's program, Download it anytime for free at bradblog.com. You can also drop me email. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. On the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am the Brad Blog. I'll see you there until I see you here next time, hopefully tomorrow. I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.